What's up, guys? It's Eric. What kind of host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? Hey, guys, this is Joe. How do you like that? The guy gets slayed more times dead than I do alive. How would you two like to come to my house at the beach? Tony Lomax would be the perfect host, except for one small thing. What kind of a host invites you to his house and dies on you? Now, the only way they're going to survive the weekend is, that the killer? is to make it look like Bernie has. Bye-bye, ladies. We'll see you later. Weekend at Bernie's, a lively comedy about a guy who isn't. Do you hear something? Now playing at a theater near you. You're listening to Word the Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, you know, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, watch. Yeah. Watching. Oh, I, should, we, I, I forgot to mention, we went to Joe. I met Pow over the weekend. So yes. what up, Pow? One of our like three listeners probably Woo-hoo. two or three listeners yeah, yeah that was shout fun. out pow it was it was a good time we ended up so. uh, going to some brewery where they yeah. had like live music and it's outdoors and it was a really cool environment really yeah, nice so day out too we got lucky with the weather you got very lucky yeah cisco brewers it's in they're actually based on the cape but they have like satellite locations i think they have a couple but we went to the one in portsmouth new hampshire so yeah that the, the people there are always so nice brie and i have been i think like three or four times now and every time we go we have a friendly waitress or a waiter and everyone there's nice so yeah definitely check it out if you're in the area for sure but the food is the menu is nice and small not overwhelming yep. and the food is really yep. good so it's yep. those things that i look forward to i don't like i don't want a 10 page menu where i'm just like spending 20 minutes looking through it right yeah we told we were trying to tell Bree's brother about it and I, that's what i said too i'm like the food's good not it's not like oh the food's good considering it's a brewery. No, if I went anywhere and I got that food, I'd be like, this is this is good. This yeah. is you know it's it's good stuff. But it, it it is especially good compared to a lot of breweries because a lot of times breweries just do you know what they can to get you a little bit of food and that's fine because their beer is their main focus. But this the one's beer was good. the beer was good though. I, I ended up getting this um uh, a peach flavored beer. Well, I forgot what it was called. Uh, it was peaches get sneeches. Yes, Pe- well, the- peaches get snitches or something. Yes. Yeah. The titles of their beers were so good, but the beer was actually yeah. really good too. So it's like it was, it was easy to, to digest and very summerish. Yeah, we had one of the. I had their beer for uh, our Point Break episode. I had Pint Break from Cisco. So yeah, no, they have good stuff. So you been watching anything good? Not a whole lot. Um, I did. I have been playing. I don't know if you know. You might have heard of this game in the past for like PS2 and Xbox. Uh, Psychonauts. Have you heard of that game? It sounds kind of familiar, but not not a ton. So it came out a long time ago, again, for PS2 and Xbox. And the sequel just came out yesterday. The sequel was 16 years in the making. So there was a long break between the first game and the second game. Um, and I grew up with the first game. So I was, I've been going through that the last couple of weeks. And I finally beat it the other day. But the humor in that game, it's so funny. And it holds up so well. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I have a... I have a gamer question for you, Joe. Oh, have you? I, it, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a, this okay. is a real one. All right. Oh, have you exciting. heard of? I, I'm sure you've heard of it, but do you have uh, Raspberry Pi? Oh, Raspberry Pi. It's uh, it's kind of like a little device we can, if you like emulators and ROMs and stuff, you can make like this little emulation machine. Um, you can add like a little Android operating system to it. Why? Why do you bring that by curiosity? That's- so my neighbor has he has it's called uh, RetroPie. 
Yeah. And so he has, you know, he just opens, like you said, it's one little device and he opens it up on his computer and he can be like, oh, I feel like playing like seg- old Sega games. And he like switches over to Sega, whatever. Same thing with uh, like uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, he has like 15 Nintendo 64 games, but I told him, I was like, you have all the best ones. He has like GoldenEye, Mario Kart, whatever. It's, but it's awesome. it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It's, just, it's a cheap little device. It's so it's like it's really inexpensive, and you can get all the ROMs and emulators and put them on one little device. And depending yeah. on how, there's different sizes, but you can they're, they're so some of them can be so compact. You just put it in a bag and travel from one place to another in like a little in a little bag. It's yeah, it's really had, cool. At least for like I really only saw Super Nintendo and I think Sega as far as what games he had, but for Super Nintendo he had like. It looked like he had every Super Nintendo game ever. It was a ton of them. I, I, I believe it. The whole library is like, what, a gig? It's like the, the whole library is really small in size. So you can just get like a cheap little four, you know, four gigabyte SD card and upload the entire Sega Genesis and Nintendo library on that card. It's, you, should yeah. get, you should get RetroPie there, Eric. Do some no, retro gaming. It's, it's, I don't like to think about having I just want to put the, the disc in and, and play. I don't, I'm not good with the... I'd have it, it would turn into an assignment for someone else. It would turn into like, hey Joe, can you like do me a favor? And, like, uh, you know what? It. If it gets you into some actual gaming, I would absolutely do that for you. Well, so. Joe, actual gaming, NHL twenty one's coming out soon or twenty two. So oh, that's God what, damn be, it. That'll be my gaming. But um anyway, so so it, you just been playing games and watching it? Yeah, I've been or? doing a lot of second. No, nah, it's been a lot of second. Let's get ready for this. But again, the writing is really funny. Like, so it's some of the it's some of the better writing I've I've been hearing in any form of media recently. So, how about you though? Are you watching anything TV show or movies that uh, worth sharing? Not a ton. Still crushing the the Wire rewatch. I think I'm on season four right now. Um, like close to the end. Other than that haven't really watched anything new Bree and i are trying to make up our mind between we've had a few people recommend i think you were one of the people that recommended this first thing ted lasso yes Lasso. That over the weekend yep so that's one and then the other one that we've people have been talking about the past week or so is white lotus on hbo oh yes i want to see white lotus so bad yeah yeah and it's i think we're probably more likely to watch that because just because we have hbo so right makes it easier so and then last thing, tomorrow night we have our second trip to Chunkies this year. See the the review or the the old classic rewatch of Back to the Future. So that should be a good time. Saw Jaws a couple weeks ago. And yes. now uh, Back to the Future. So and then so you guys heard the trailer, you heard the quotes. Um, this is Joe's pick, and you so you probably know what we're gonna be talking about, but it's Joe's pick. It's weekend at Bernie's, but uh, before we Joe I'll let Joe kind of introduce it, tell you why you picked it. I'm going to be drinking and I'll post a picture of this on Instagram. Um, Weekend Vibes IPA from Coronado Brewing Company, which is good. Very good. And then weird coincidence, Brie has family in town right now from Coronado. So what are the odds of that? Oh, Small look at that. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Weird timing. But um, so, yeah. Why'd you pick it? It was your pick. Like we're talking, like we've been talking about trying to keep the summer theme alive. And this is a pretty good summer film. The whole thing takes place in like this really nice beach setting. Um, but my brother recently watched this. And he was talking to me about all these funny scenes because he ended up loving it. And he does love this movie. Watches it quite a bit, actually. And it's something that I haven't seen in a long, long time. And if that, again, was just like our previous watches, maybe it was only like one time or, you know, never completing it from start to finish. 
So this was definitely one to revisit while the summer is still here. Yeah. And... I'm... No, we're gonna I'm... say no. I was just gonna say I'm very curious to what Joe and I don't. Sometimes, sometimes we'll tell each other like kind of like where we're leaning as far as the score, but I have no idea how Joe is gonna score this. So this is. Brie likes this. What she was saying, she loves this movie, right? Brie. She liked it growing up. Yeah. Okay. She hasn't. She hasn't seen it in a while. Time. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So. Um. Yeah. I kind of same thing as what you just said. I remember seeing this when I was very young. I've definitely seen it before, but after rewatching it, I think that really, I probably saw it like maybe once in full, and then caught a scene or two every once in a while on TV, or or, or just in pop culture. I was way less familiar with this one than I thought it was as far as like the actual story and, and really, I just kind of remembered, you know, it's like a dead guy and they're like dragging a dead guy around and, and whatever. So um, yeah, this is definitely a, a f- kind of a fresh rewatch for me. I didn't remember much of it. So do you have any stats as far as how you did, how it did money wise? I do. So we can have Bernie's came out on July 5th, 1989 and had a budget of $15 million, making $30.2 million in the box office. It was written by Robert Klein and directed by Ted Kotcheff. I may be pronouncing that wrong. That's uh, what I would say. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going with that. That sounds good. Robert Klein, uh, he also co-wrote National Lampoon's European Vacation and, unfortunately, wrote and directed the sequel to Weekend at Bernie's. So there's that. And Ted Kotcheff has been involved with both movies and TV and has even worked with Robert multiple times on other projects. So they have a little partnership going on and not huge, huge films on either of their resumes, but they've been active. Yeah, I have a little bit more of a, a breakdown of Ted Kotcheff's story that we'll get into in a little bit. Interesting life. So uh, kind of a international man of mystery, but oh, cool. um, okay. yeah, yeah. So critically so that's a joe talked about how it did financially critically uh 6.4 out of 10 on imdb 54 percent on rotten tomatoes which that was pretty high to me really consider <laughs> yeah. well considering like think of some of the other movies we've done recently no, I know. and you're like like i like, what was it like heavyweights is like 20 yeah i know or something. Yeah. Yeah. so anyway but mr roger ebert not a fan Really? One, one star. And here's a quote oh from his review. God. Here's a quote. One star, Roger. That's a little harsh. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's makes two mistakes. It gives us a joke that isn't very funny, and it expects the joke to carry an entire movie. It's a decision that leads to some long, dreary sequences and a certain desperation on the part of the actors. So I do agree with the joke, kind of being like, you know, a one trick point that goes on a little too long. I actually put yes. that down. So I do agree with that. Yeah. One star is a little harsh. It's a little harsh. What, what was it? What was harsh? That's the one star. It's a little. Oh, oh just a little harsh. Score. So you said it came out in July of '89. Yes. Some other movies that came out that month. Not the best month that we've done, but not the worst. Pretty, pretty good month. So when Harry met Sally, obviously Ooh. this one. That was my, uh, our first episode, everyone. It was. If you want, if you want to go back and hear us really sound like shit, yeah, revisit the first clunk, episode. <laughs> clunky and like yeah. klutzy and yeah. So. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, License to Kill, Lethal Weapon 2, Turner and Hooch, and Parenthood. So oh, that's a pretty not, solid month. Not a, yeah, not a, a bad month. month. Yeah. And then outside of month, outside of movies, I mean, that month. I'm going to start with a negative one, but I have to mention it. So 14-year-old Drew Barrymore attempted suicide. And I wow. obviously that's very sad, but I think it's awesome that she's 
turned it around and she seems happy. I mean, obviously, I don't know Drew. She Barrymore, has her. But, she's her own talk show now. She's doing right. really well. She's on she's top awesome. of the world. So, so good for her. Um, and then this is TV, not film. So Seinfeld screened its pilot. That's a pretty big moment yep. in history. And then last one I have is Gloria Estefan releases her solo debut album. And as always, I skipped over a bunch of negative stuff about like political assassinations and bombings and whatever. But those are those are some things to keep in mind. Do you have the uh, back of the DVD summary? I do. Fun-loving salesmen Richard and Larry are invited by their boss, Bernie, to stay the weekend at his posh beach house. Little do they know that Bernie is the perpetrator of a fraud they've uncovered and is arranging to have them killed. When the plan backfires and Bernie is killed instead, the buddies decide not to let a little death spoil their vacation. They pretend Bernie is still alive, leading to hijinks and corpse desecration galore. <laughs> so that's the stuff I didn't remember. So stuff that I stuff that I totally forgot. Oh. I had no idea like the subplot of why they were trying to keep him alive. I if you had me guess, I would have said like he was their buddy. And they were out like partying and he died. I had no, the whole, like, he's their boss. Didn't remember that at all. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a weird, so I'm watching the beginning of the movie and I'm like, wait, what? Like, what the hell? So some of the, the, the big guys going into this, we talked about director. I'm going with Ted Kotcheff. Is that what you said? Yeah. That's what I said. That's what we're going with. So <clears throat> Canadian man have to mention that as you know, I always do. Uh, although this isn't the Canadian that I'm most proud of that as far as work, he, <laughs> he's got a pretty cool story. Like I said, so born in Canada to Bulgarian immigrants spent a lot of time working over in the UK on British television, theater, and film came back to Canada. And then later on relocated to Hollywood also directed an Australian film in 2016, he received Bulgarian citizenship. So that's a pretty crazy life. Like, yeah. So, so I'll mention a couple things he worked on, but just that life in general is not. So work-wise he's known for law. I mean, this weekend at Bernie's law and order, special victims unit, uh, the original fund with Dick and Jane in 1977 and North Dallas, 40 and 79. And then also fun fact, he's actually, he makes a cameo in this one as Richard's father, the guy who comes out in his underwear and yes, like blows his cover when he's trying to impress. Um, uh, was it Gwen? Gwen. Yeah, Gwen. So that's just a little bit about the director. Uh, second up is Andrew McCarthy, AKA Larry. Uh, he's kind of one of the, one of the bigger guys from the eighties who I don't think that a lot of people that didn't grow up in the eighties think of as much as some of the other, you know, breakfast club guys. So, uh, yeah, and I, and I think that's part of it. I, I, he wasn't in some of the films that are still all over the place. Like I think breakfast club and Ferris Bueller are just more timeless than some of the ones he did. Like, for example, he was in, uh, St. Elmo's fire, which is a definite future episode. I've talked about that a million times. He was in pretty in pink, but I don't think many kids today are as many kids today are familiar with pretty, pretty in pink as, as there are kids who are breakfast club fans or Ferris Bueller fans or whatever. So he was also in less than zero, obviously weekend in Bernie's. And then in the nineties, he was active, but he had definitely lost that, that star status, probably because of that weekend at Bernie's sequel in 93. And then his biggest contribution this millennium has been uh, orange is the new black. So pretty steady career. And at least he went from like top of the mountain and didn't fall completely off. He was still working and, you know, getting paid. So Jonathan Silverman, 
who played his buddy Richard, the other co-star, known for the TV series Give Me a Break, movies like Brighton, Be- Brighton Beach Memoirs, Caddyshack 2, the single guy on NBC, which I actually remember. That started in 95, and I remember that being on. Um, but when I, see him, when I see him, I think of one movie, one movie only, a definite episode of Next Summer, Little Big League, a movie that I... I wanted to do this year and I just, it just kept slipping away, slipping away. So, but he'll, he'll always be Jim Bowers from little big league to me. So, and then the man, probably the star of the show, the guy who played Bernie, Terry Kaiser, I'm saying Kaiser, if it's kisser or something like that, you know, sorry, Terry, some TV work, some film work, but really he's, he's Bernie, I think to to most people. And I'm glad this movie happened kind of later in his career. I would feel horrible if he just got marked as Bernie when he was like 20 and it ruined his, his life. But um, in his first couple of years of his career, but he started in 1968 and he's still up until recently. I think I, on his filmography, he was active a couple of years ago. Is, Nothing, he, is he still alive? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Nothing big. Like he's not, um, He's not, you know, going to win an award. He's, but he's 82 years old. He's wow. still alive. So good for awesome. him. Yeah. With a life. And then much smaller role, but I have to mention Catherine Mary Stewart, the girl that played Gwen. She, she was probably the most likable character in the movie. She had some questionable moments and everything, but she wasn't perfect. But um, started in film in, the, in 1980 and then last worked in 2017. Most known for TV uh, for TV work like Days of Our Lives and then some other TV films. So those are pretty much all the people I think you you have to know. Would you Would you agree? Yeah. Awesome. What'd you have down for random facts? Anything we you know trivia stuff? I had a couple. So Andrew McCarthy was asked to read the script to think about playing the part of Richard. When he read it, he loved the part of Larry and got that instead. Um, which watching it now. I don't know if it's just his posture or what, but he definitely felt give like gave that impression of that more pulled back character versus yeah Richard, who was just kind yeah. of a very aggressive. Yeah, I agree with that. Bernie's house was actually a set built at the south end of Fort Fisher Natural Recreation Area. It was demolished at the end of the movie. What and a, what a this, downer, huh? I know that's beautiful set. I thought <laughs> so. I thought it was a house, and I was like. That's, you know, where we live in New England. That's a very not New England house, very modern, whatever. So it looks weird to us, but that looks like a, it would be on cribs or something. Like and a lot of people cribs. believe, yeah, a lot of people believe it was. I guess people actually go visit the area that it was, that's at, hoping to see it, but apparently it's demolished and it surprises well, a lot such, of people who are visiting. I'm such a grump that I would love if I worked at like a bar there and someone walked in, some like, annoying tourists walked in and they were like where's the weekend at bernie's house it would make my day to be like they tore it down what do you want <laughs> i was we have, so, yeah we kept bernie's beer here you go right yeah you want <laughs> yeah so uh, that just made me think of uh, so brie and i or no it was actually just me i was in rockport massachusetts um this is like a pet peeve of mine i was in rockport um i think it was last week or a couple weeks ago and if you've ever been to uh bearskin neck on on in rockport it's like this beautiful old point that sticks out in the ocean and it's mostly just foot traffic there's some you can you can like roll your car down the street if there's if you live there but you you can't there's no through traffic at all and so there's a lot of tourists in that area and i saw i caught this group of people who i don't know where they're from but it was somewhere down south they had a southern accent and don't get mad at me southern people but you all sound the same to me whether you're from you know 
Tennessee or Texas, I, it, it all sounds the same to me. Just like I probably sound like someone from New York to you or New Jersey. So anyway, they walked up to this lady and they commented on her Boston accent. And the lady just went like full annoying. She was like, oh, yeah. She just started rattling off all the stereotypical, like, I park my car and have it. And I was like, okay, we get it. Yeah. I wanted to throw the woman into the ocean. I was like, I get it. You own this store and you're like trying to, you know, you've got to play the role. It's a tourist trap. But I'm like, can you not do the worst, the worst things? But sorry, I went on a rant there. I went home and told Brie, I was like, it. It drives me crazy when people do that. So. It's always that same sentence for whatever reason. I always say the that's, same that's sentence. That's what it was. It's like, it's, say a few more, throw a couple other words in there that just mix up a little bit. And they already commented on our accent. So it's like, just keep talking. You just just say, like, just have a conversation with them. And they'll be like, oh, look, see, it was funny the way you said this and whatever. But yeah, you don't have to do the whole, like, Fenway Park. Right. It was so annoying. But anyway, sorry. I oh, yeah. One more fact, and this was considered as a vehicle for Corey Haim and Corey Feldman earlier in production before it was decided to make the leads older. I saw that as well. And what do you think about that? So I think they were, would have been a little too, it would have been weird. They were, how old yeah. were they at this point? They were young. It would have been weird and it would have probably done better and yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. financially, but it, like you said, age-wise, it feels better having the adults make the dumb decision instead of kids making this ridiculous decision. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it would have it would have had to be a completely different movie. Like you couldn't do the whole like these kids that worked in New York City and because so this came out in '89. So think of so Stand by Me wasn't Stand by Me '85. I'll look it up, but I think Stand by Me was '85. So think of Feldman in Stand by Me, and then. Oh, 86. So it was even it was even later, Stand By Me. So think of Feldman and Stand By Me and then just adding two or two or three years before you see him again as like an adult who's dragging around a, <laughs> a dead body. Yeah. That'd be a little weird. But yeah, I saw that too. And I and it I totally agree. house, which is still like would be kind of like creepy. Right. <laughs> I totally agree. It would have made way more money. Yeah. Um, but it would I wouldn't it, I don't know. Although I I mean I'm, I'm not the biggest Weekend at Bernie's fan, but I don't think that that would have solved the film's problem. Did you have uh, anything else? Nope, that was it. Okay, so I just had a few. You took, you had a couple of the same ones I did. So working title of the film was Hot and Cold, kind of like the, the theme song. Uh, and then Terry Kaiser, so Bernie's stunt double. This blew my mind. He suffered a few broken ribs during filming most in the scene in which Bernie is dragged around the surface of the ocean, bumping into metal floating obstacles. I'm like, wait, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, like a mannequin or like some exactly. sort of dummy. That was According a real IMDb, <laughs> His stunt double broke. I'm like, holy you guys shit. Couldn't just tie a, a huge, like a bag with a jacket on. I mean, it looks fake already. So I was like, I just right. a, a dummy getting to like the fact that I thought it was fake. It's this guy getting dragged across the ocean. <laughs> Damn. And I don't know, I don't know if they, they use the dummy mostly, but then they had to do a couple things where like, you, I don't know, but yeah, it, it messed him up, which makes sense because that looks pretty brutal. That looked I, that, painful. That looks that was, fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was one thing rewatching this movie. It's, I said this when we talked about home alone, you as an adult, I watch movies completely different than I did when I was a kid. Like when you're a kid and you see that, you're like, ha ha ha. You just like banged off a metal buoy. But as an adult, I'm like, that kid sucks. <laughs> yeah, that kid sucks. And 
and and i'm like you that just broke that man's sh- like his shoulder would pop out he's dead I even thought, <laughs> right i even thought when uh when uh richard so jonathan silverman's character when he takes the header going down the stairs at um in the lighthouse i was like dude you just separated your shoulder it, at least one of them if you didn't paralyze yourself like you that but in movies they just pop up and you're like oh all right whatever and then my last one uh this is inspired by a very low budget and forgive me if i pronounce yes, this wrong. i want to hear you i want i saw this fact i want to hear you pronounce this now everyone do, do you know do you have Nope, I have no idea. I want, and Eric's going to attempt to pronounce a film title from India, everyone. Just okay. I was curious because Joe has like friends that are Indian. So I was like, I, I actually was hoping you knew how to say this so that I could, <laughs> could you maybe ask one of them how bad I butcher this? All right. So the movie is Yan Biduyaro. That's what, that's what I'm going with. That's, sounds good, actually. Sounds pretty good. It sounds not, I didn't mess it up so bad that it's offensive. That's my, <laughs> that's my only goal. So. Yeah, I was inspired by that movie from 1983, so not that long before this. Um, what did you have down for stuff that wouldn't fly if it was made today in today's environment? Uh, there was a trans joke later in the movie that wouldn't fly in today's environment for sure. Um, I don't really have a whole lot else, unless you want to add something to it. Uh, well, so about what you just said, I agree. I, I don't know that it wouldn't fly, but it would definitely... It not it wouldn't fly in this movie and and really what it was that people would would like i think writers would steer clear from is how offended he is exactly by it. i was just gonna say he gets very defensive and i think right, that's the problem exactly. with it he gets defensive with it right but i agree yeah i agree that that you would have to it would have to be like a yeah it wouldn't fly for this movie so the only thing that i thought that was offensive was uh some of the fashion uh, like in, in New York City, where the guys were in suits with shorts, and then probably <laughs> yes. Tina Tina having sex with the dead guy. Pretty sure that's frowned upon. And then, uh, no way it's a PG thirteen movie. So probably this whole movie could be made exactly as is today. But it's it, no way you can't. They should have done it as an R rated movie, and then had a few more like I don't know, grimy scenes in, in a good way. It, it kind of tried to walk the line, and it. Yeah, it cost it. So um, what was your favorite scene? I had a couple. Um, one that, that on- shocks me. I had a really hard time finding a favorite scene. Well, a couple scene. of scenes made me laugh, I guess I should say. Okay, all right. So when they're on the boat, and then hearing that it wasn't, in fact, a dummy kind of makes me question the scene. But I did get a laugh when the body's just being whipped across the ocean, bumping into things with them. Like, everyone's like cheering on Bernie that he's like this really rad old guy. But now that I found that, some guy almost died. It cost like, him maybe I life. don't like this scene as much. Yeah. And I also got a chuckle when um when Burn gets shot off the balcony as they're trying to hide the body from um Gwen when she's kind of walking towards them. And you see the guy, the hitman, he thinks he's alive still. And so he starts like choking him and starts like beating him down a little more. That got a little that was pretty funny. That actor, I can't remember his name now, in both like real life or in the movie, but he was pretty funny. The hitman, like so like the main hitman. The main hitman Polly. Yes, Polly. Yeah, the actor's name is Don. Kalfa, so he was, he was funny. He so I have a problem with him that we'll get into a little bit more later. But one of it, my biggest problem is that is the least intimidating looking hitman. That guy could walk up to me with a gun and be like, "I'm gonna kill you." But get the hell out of my face, dude! I'm gonna slap the shit out of you, little. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. So favorite scene for me was like I said, this this was tough. I I think I have to say that the beginning 
of the film before before they arrive at Bernie's beach house before even they kind of kind of like when they're making the discovery like when they're up on the roof and they're just two young guys who are it kind of has like an office space vibe where it's like two younger guys thinking that they're working so hard they're not getting anywhere they're seeing their boss is driving this fancy car don't get me wrong nowhere near as good as office space the acting is horrible from from both the guys from Andrew McCarthy and Silverman but it was the only part of the film where I could kind of sort of maybe a little bit relate to and feel bad for the characters or at least not like not dislike them so I, I tried to find another scene because I hate is this I hate, is, is this category where you do, where you don't like or you do like <laughs> what I this is my favorite scene okay. I, yeah I'll, I'll give you what I don't like I, I'm actually pretty brief with what I don't like I could I could have written a novel, but, okay. um, but yeah, no, I think my favorite part was the, just the, them playing like the two kids fresh out of college, trying to make it thing. And, you know, this guy has a better, cooler car and whatever. So that was my, the part of the film that I related with the most, not that that's me now, but everyone's been there in life and yeah. whatever. So, um, soundtrack, do you have anything down for that? Yeah, it, was, it was kind of non-existent. The I know one theme. song. It's one song. It's the end during the credits. Um, it was a yep. single to mark it for the movie, but it was composed by Andy Summers. I'm trying to think of when a score comes into play during some scenes, but in my mind, I just can't think of anything right now. Yeah. But Andy Summers is was from the police when they weren't together for that little period, and he's been involved with Solar Records <laughs> and a few other films. So you just said that you just said that like NWA. You were like Andy Summers is from the police. From the police. <laughs> um, yeah, I. The one thing I will say is, and you mentioned that this that song Hot and Cold is in the trailer. This movie is, and I think this ties into why I remembered seeing it more times than I did. Like I, I thought I had seen it more times than I did, and I had this memory of it. The the best part about this movie from a business point of view was the marketing. Because if you if if you mention this movie to me, I can see the poster and I can hear that song and whatever. I have no, I mean, I do now because I just watched it, but I, if you asked me a week ago to tell you what the movie was about, I'd be like, ah, it's a dead guy and they're like dragging him around town. But this movie, its place in pop culture, I think is 90% due to this, well, not the song as much, but that the poster, it's just like, and the weird idea, the weird idea of like, we're going to drag our dead friend around um, for a couple of days. So yeah. Um, I agree. Not much else on the soundtrack. So before I get into my one thing, and I, I think I really do only have one thing that, I mean, I could have a million things, but I wrote down only one. Um, what would you change if you could change anything about this one? Larry and Richard's chemistry was way off. I would never believe that these people are friends in real life. Maybe it was just, I don't know if it was just their acting together or just their personalities as their, with their characters. But I don't think like this guy, Larry. So like he is making better decisions after bad decision, after bad decision. So, like, he is just a uh, loose cannon. Between the two of these characters, I don't believe their friendship. The decisions between the two of them, like, you would never believe these people are friends because one is very, like, proper and professional away, and the other one's just an idiot. And, like, the positions he makes and kind of goes along with, it's ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, the whole, just like Roger Ebert, which I do agree with, and I wrote this down, a joke of a dead guy pretending to be alive kind of go on for so long. It is yeah. not a uh, it's not a a synth that can just carry an entire film. 
in a yep. sequel. I don't know what that sequel looks like. I haven't seen the sequel, but the fact that this is the whole premise of the movie, it's wild to think they got away with the runtime. It was an easy watch, in my opinion, but I think having the dead guy be a big part of the movie for over an hour, I think it might have been a little too much. That's a good segue into what I would change. Real quick about uh, the dynamic between the two friends. I think it was, I agree with what you're saying, but I think it was 100% just horrible acting. acting. Because, because if you think about it, like, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast last week or like on the way to Chunky's or at, at the brewery, but think of like super bad Michael, Sarah, and Jonah, right? Yeah. It's kind right. of the same thing. Like, Michael, Sarah is like a little bit, not a little bit uptight, a little bit more buttoned up. And then uh, Joan is like crazy and whatever. I, I these right. guys are like a shitty version of. Yeah, of I, that's a good that's a good comparison. I think it's the writing too. We because yeah, we feel for totally. Joan's character a couple of times. He is a serious <laughs> serious moments with him. I think this movie definitely has some serious moments with the idiot. <laughs> Was it Larry? Right. Is that home? So it's yeah, like Larry I think I think Larry needs some more serious moments to kind of center his character a little bit. Yeah, and then to follow up on the second thing that you said about like using the same joke over and over again. So this was easy for me as far as like what I would change. Less scenes with Bernie. And I know that that's the whole movie as we know it now, but I think that I would have liked it more if his corpse was a prop that they had to pull out at a few random moments to get out of a jam rather than like sharing almost equal screen time with the two stars. And I rewatching it, what I was thinking of is the scene in Clue, right? When the cop shows up and he asks to look around and in one room, they have some dead bodies there. And in one room, they have the girl like fake making out with the dead guy on the couch and another one up against the wall, like, and he's holding the dead girl up against the wall, making out with her. One guy is passed out and they say he's drunk and the cop's like, he's dead drunk. And, but then it's over. Like you can't, and it's, it's hilarious in that movie because it's like, oh, they got out of that one jam by using these dead people and pretending they're alive. But you can't do an hour and 45-minute movie with that joke. It's, it's too bad. Now, all that said, after I just said that the film needed less Bernie, Kaiser was probably the best actor in the movie. <laughs> so it, it's a little bit of a risk. I just, I just think the gimmick would have been funnier and more entertaining if they didn't like hammer it into the ground revive it and then hammer it into the ground again so um my opinion yeah there are some funny scenes for sure like i yeah. I, I did get a kick out of the scenes with like at first when he's at the party the life of the party he's saying dumb people are walking over to him thinking he's passed out talking to him just you know casually they got the porsche i thought that stuff was kind of fun like obviously it wouldn't be believable and like you used to go into this with just you turning your brain off but i did like the whole like opening with introducing bernie's dead body but then they have this stint where it's like, you know, they tie his legs to their legs and like it gets yeah. a little extreme for sure. Like, yeah. and I guess you just you have to just not look too much into it to go along with it here. But it does, despite the ridiculous premise of it, it does take you out of it a little bit. Yeah. I, one thing yeah, you say in the party thing reminded me of one thing that I liked was the during the 80s, I think still now, but during the 80s, like they were in the insurance life insurance biz or whatever, but anything like finance, whatever, especially in New York city, it was just understood that everyone was coked out of their minds. And I love that the, they kept making these like subtle things. Like the first was when they first go into his office to meet with him 
he's like, they're talking and he just walks out of the room for a second and then comes back touching his nose. And he clearly just did a line of Coke in the bathroom. And then the girl that comes up to him at the party and she's like, I heard you had some stuff or whatever. And she just grabs a bag of Coke out of his, yes. out of his coat pocket. It's like, but it's like, it's, they don't make a part of, they don't make that a part of the movie. It's just like a, uh, you know, that, 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 that tact that they used with the clear cocaine problem could have been used. They could have used that more, yeah, you know, for sure. <laughs> like in other parts of the film. So I did, like you said, the little hints with the, the drugs and we got like little better storytelling with like the message um, that when they find out, but I kind of wish they went into. Um, so I actually did research on this the other day after I watched it and this body is with them for a whole weekend. I looked up because I was curious on this whole thing. I'm like, when does a dead body start to smell? Oh, all right. Dude. <laughs> so I do a little more research, I feel like, than the writers of this movie. But after 24 hours, typically, the body starts to smell a little bit. They're with this boy for a whole weekend, aren't they? Am I like, did I time that? I'm, I was trying to get the Dude. time from this movie. How long were they at this with this dead body? So I, I saw that. It, it's called Weekend at Bernie's, but it actually starts, it's like Friday afternoon through like, I think like Saturday night or something. Okay. But, but, but yes. So if you, ha- if you had a dead body around you in an air conditioned room for that long, <laughs> yeah. first of all, the, a lot, most people like, when you die, you just like shit your pants, piss yourself, rigor mortis. And that's if you're on your couch, let alone if you're out in the sun, you're thrown in the ocean, dragged through the water for, and I agree with you. I wasn't going to bring that up because I was like, I don't want it to be like, I, I don't want to sound like I'm like, I can, I can turn my head off a little bit for stuff like that. But they went to a point where I was like, come on, dude. And then they shoot him at the end, like 45 times. If that happened in reality, you'd shoot him once and the stench that would come out of that body yep. from, oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but I totally agree with you. They, it was like, and then they make one joke or something, like there's like a fly on him or something. And they, make well, I, it I don't the, remember that, but even that's yeah. like you said, that's not enough. Like, no, no, no. Like, see, that would have been a great example, like what I was saying earlier, but if they could like make it a reoccurring thing, but not the whole thing have them say like, oh, we got to put them in the, you know, they put the two guys in the closet, be like, oh, we got to put them in the freezer to, to whatever. And then like later you take them out and you have to like thaw them out as a joke. And, and you do it like that, but you, the, the whole movie can't be right. This. So I, I kind of wish that scene, by the way, not, not the, <laughs> the scene when the, when he pops with them off the head and puts them in the, uh, like the kitchen area, the closet. I kind of wish for a reason the movie was already ridiculous at this point. Like I was expecting anything that could happen. Like it's almost like a cartoon at this point. I kind of yeah. wish we saw more guys from the door and he keeps popping off the head, like a pile yeah. of guys just keep stacking up. I thought that was what was going to happen. I was like, okay, yeah. this could be a fun scene, but two guys in that scene, I'm like, that kind of sucked. Yeah. Shit, I probably could have just done without that scene entirely. It, it, oh, me I mean? too. But the movie's like a cartoon at, the, at this point. Anyways, I kind of wanted some more like slapstick, like comedy, I guess, or. No, oh, yeah, I hear it. Yeah. It's so, um, if you've listened before, you know we're at the point of the podcast where we give our score and we rate movies on a scale of one to five. Would you mind uh, paying a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is you see, you get to the beginning of the movie and you see that scene where they're up on the roof in New York City and their shoes are sticking to the hot tar and everything. And you're like, this is stupid. I'm not watching this. Uh, Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy are horrible actors. I'm returning this so I don't uh, have to pay a late fee. All the way up to a score of five which is you or you're willing to keep the movie an extra day or two or three 
pay the late fees so you can watch it again, have your friends watch it. Maybe even just buy it from the video rental store so you don't have to bring it back. This one was Joe's pick. So I'm going to go first. And like I said, I'm very interested to see what Joe gives this one. Uh, at the beginning, I was enjoying this movie more than I thought I would. It was what it is, but it was like bad 80s to the point where it was good. It shocks me rewatching this. This one came out in 1989. It feels like early to mid 80s to me, but that's that's not a problem. But the plot, we've said this a million times, the plot is way too weak to carry out an hour and 45 minute movie. And I felt my score dropping as the minutes pass. Like I, I think when, when we rewatch this for, for the podcast, especially if it's a Joe pick, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, what am I giving this? And I'm, I'm like constantly rescoring it as the movie goes on. But like I said, as the, move, as the minutes passed, my score just kept dropping. The acting was horrible as well. I have no idea how this one got a sequel. You hear all the time. I have no idea how this movie even got made. Like, can you imagine this concept being brought to someone? Right, we, and, just, we just have the friends of the joke growing up, like play dead and like, you know, you right. walk around like in the pool or something, but like they use this as, as a whole. <laughs> well, then you hear, plot. and then you hear these stories about like how someone's trying to make a movie about, I can't think of anyone right now. Like just for example, like Muhammad Ali, someone's trying to make a movie about Muhammad Ali and it bounces around for 15 years and no right. one wants to make it. And then how does this? Right. I know. Like as a kid, I would play the game. Don't touch the ground. It's lava. Like I would make a movie about that. Right, it's exactly. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like I said, the acting was horrible. I have no idea how this got a sequel. No idea how it even got oh, uh, this one. I was at a two out of five. And then the end fight scene happened. And I saw some of the worst gunfire and hand-to-hand combat I've ever seen. And a grown man, this guy, this is what I talked about. I was going to bring up a grown man who's supposedly a hitman was tied up, like wrapped up with a phone cord in 30 seconds some of the easiest like that it was unbelievable 1.5 out of 5 it was fun to rewatch it you know because it was so bad but i will never watch this one again i mean i wouldn't walk out of someone's house if it was on but i will never watch this one again on my own joe so, you're up i <laughs> your score is a little a little than mine but uh we can have bernie's is a like we talked about, it's a pretty simple and it's an easy watch. It doesn't overstay its welcome runtime-wise. If there's any longer, it's definitely could have been a problem. And it has some funny scenes. Sometimes the chemistry between Larry and Richard feels a bit off, whether that's the acting, the characters, or the writing, or all the above. And the joke of having the dead guy seem alive coming on for so long. But it was definitely a fun summer film that didn't, you know, that I have to think at all while watching. And I give a 2.5 out of 5. That's that's fair. I, I think the movie has seen, a. Co- I can't believe like like you said like this movie is a pretty it's a following. I didn't realize yeah, that it's until such I was, a weird idea. That's yeah. a, you know what I mean? It's it's and and I think part of it is you. I think you grew up with this one a little bit more than I did. Like I said, I didn't I didn't watch this growing up as much. Uh, Kika Hernandez just dropped a fly ball in the Red Sox game. Joe, this is <laughs> killing me. So I didn't watch this much growing up. Uh, so I don't have. I have, it gets no bonus nostalgia points for me. We should, when we post the, uh, <laughs> when we post it on Instagram, we should put like my score, your score. And then like Nick says, it's the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's brother gives it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's two out of five is not crazy. I mean, if you, if you grow up with it and you 
You said two and a half out of five. Two and a half, yeah. It's definitely like that's fine. I I think I honestly I agree with the run tomato score for the most part. I think that's pretty much like right in the middle point, the fifty-four. I I think that's for me. Your score doesn't offend me. If you were like three and a half out of five, I was gonna like like Joe, Joe, come on. So, but um, in closing, the beer weekend vibes uh, IPA from Coronado Brewing Company was delicious. So definitely check that out if you have access to it. I got it at our the unofficial sponsor of the pod, RMA, who doesn't know that they're on the pod. Um, follow us on Instagram, worth a lead fee. Suggestions are always welcome. We'll be back next week, and it normally would be my pick, but we have a listener request that we've been dodging for a while because we've had some summer movies that we wanted to get in, and you know it just wasn't time. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, we'll probably be pretty close to or maybe even past Labor Day. Um, I know that's not the official end of summer, but pretty much so. Brian, you're getting your wish. We're going to be rewatch and review the 1985 John Cusack classic, Better Off Dead. So thank you, Brian, awesome. for sending in the request. And yes, uh, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching this one. I haven't, I, I know I've seen this one a handful of times, but I haven't seen this one, I don't think, since I was like in my early 20s. Probably movies. I bet you I was at movie scene when I last time I saw it. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I've I love John Cusack, and I've always wanted to see this, so I've never seen this before. So I'm going to this for the oh. first time, so I'm excited. Good, good. Do you have the DVD or anything? I don't. I can see if it's on if it's on any services or anything. Not on any. I'm giving you a heads up. It's okay. not on any streaming right now. You can't even rent it on Prime. Okay. Like, what the <laughs> hell? What I I was I almost like looked into. I was like, did John Cusack like piss someone off to the point where they, they like, <laughs> or did the production company? You could. You're better at that stuff. I'll make, a, I'll make a bonus visit then. Yeah, yeah. cheap or something. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Thank you very guys very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with Better Off Dead. As always, thank you.